Welcome to the Mental Health and Faith, A Closer Look podcast. This is Carolyn Cooper with In God's Corner Ministry. My prayer is that God will use this podcast to bring you encouragement for life in a complicated world, especially in topics related to mental health, our recovery journey, and living as a Christian with a mental illness. May God bless your time listening today, and may He bring you encouragement. Hi, this is Carolyn. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast over the past couple of weeks, you know that November is family time. I really want to help our families to be strong and healthy so that we can enjoy the holiday season together. It kind of breaks my heart to think of so many families that dread getting together. And I know that's true because I hear people talking about it. God has brought our families together for a reason. I truly believe he designs our families. And we need to be able to work in our family. And one way we can do that is by learning to restore relationships that may have been broken or hurt in some way. Holly Haynes is the perfect person to talk about restoration. So uh, I would like to welcome her to the show and say, greetings, Holly. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me on the show today. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely know with the holidays coming up, a lot of people are fearful. A lot of people are dreadful. A lot of people around this time of the year are sad. They're depressed. Mm -hmm. And I um, just applaud you for taking the time to honestly, you know, look into what causes this and how can we, you know, have resolution in our families? Um, so that's super important. So thank you for having me yes, today. I'm thanks, super excited. Why don't you start uh, by telling people a little bit about who you are? Now, I, I looked at your website and you have an amazing organization. We'll talk more about that at the end of the show. But for now, you have such a diverse background in things. I, I'm really intrigued. So why don't you share a little about who you are? Okay. Well, 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 I do have a very diverse background. Um, I grew up in Texas, in the great state of Texas, and I've been in Colorado for the last 15 years. Um, I have raised five beautiful children, mm. four boys and one girl, and I'm happy to say they are all married. They are all serving the Lord. Praise the Lord, That's because it has fantastic. not always been the case. And um, I can tell you by firsthand, God's a, God is a God of restoration yes. and reconciliation, and it's been that way in my own family. Um, I grew up a Southern Baptist preacher's daughter. We love <laughs> our churches. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm, I uh, you know spend a lot of time in, in all the churches a lot. But I grew up that way, and and I can tell you there was a time in my life where I uh, in 2004 I buried my mother uh, at age of 60 for breast cancer. Uh, she had a 25-year um, incredible um, battle, and um, we lost her at 60. And then I went through a divorce that year after 18 years oh, of marriage. Goodness. And God really took me through a season of my life like I had never been through 
for the next two years. I ended up leaving our 10,000 member Baptist church and ended up going to a little spirit filled church on the edge of town. I got spirit filled. I, I had never in my life experienced the Holy Spirit like I did back in 2004. And so I'm grateful for that uh, period of my life. And by trade, I've been a home builder (laughs) in the state of Texas, which is very diverse because it's in a man's world. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought one day all my friends were having nightmare experiences building their houses. And I thought, how hard can this be? (laughs) It was kind of like that legally blonde moment where she just decided to go to law school. I just decided to build a a million dollar spec house and the men builders thought I was crazy and ended up selling the home for more than the asking price. And that started in 1997 and I've been a home builder ever since. And fast forward through all of that. Um, my dad, who is a nine 11 guy, uh, got super sick on his eighth round of chemo and radiation after working nine 11, 20 years ago for a year. Mm. And he was 77 at the time and not doing well at all. So I ended up, I just built a brand new restaurant right on the ocean in uh, Central America Mm -hmm. and ended up selling it. God ended up selling it in 10 days for me, which was unheard of because I just had it for six months. I ended up packing up my dog, giving away the majority of my things and flying back home to Texas where my dad lived. We ended up closing his house down there and settling all that. I ended up bringing him to Steamboat Springs, Colorado, where I live, putting him into um, a retirement home. And Mm -hmm. it's just been um, an unbelievable story. They gave him two months to live at that time, put him in hospice. We called, you know, the minister and, you know, after four months, he was still here. And I'm like, well, dad, what do you want to do? And um, he said, I just don't want my material to die in a box. And Mm. hence, we'll tell you at the end of this about uh, FBCTI, Faith-Based Counselor Training Institute, because the last three years I have actually spent putting all of his school, which has been around for almost 30 years, into globally digital format so anybody can take his courses online throughout the world. Today, we have, um, you know, we have over 21,000 students that have gone through our school. We've been in 34 countries and and 14 states. It's been an incredible journey this last three years. It's amazing how God takes those crisis moments in our lives and transforms them. Your crisis moment has brought you where you are today. Yes, absolutely. And I encourage everybody on that note, too, to look at crisis in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad used to always say, you know, you can pitch your tent in depression and and crisis, but don't stay there. Yes. Don't stay at the campground long. You know, you, you have to move through it. That's a good so, way of looking at it. You mentioned to me that you have a seven-step approach that you have used for, I'm, I'm assuming, a number of years on helping people to restore their families. So what I'd simply like to do is just sit back and have a conversation as you take us through those steps. Would that be all right? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, Carolyn, it's, it's interesting because one of the most important life skills that we will ever learn, and you must learn it, you mm-hmm. must learn it, is how to resolve conflict mm-hmm. um, and how to restore a strained or broken relationship. That's, you know, you're going to be a miserable person if you don't learn how to do that. And but the interesting thing is, you know, we've never really been taught that. 
I no, mean, we, we didn't have a class on conflict resolution in school. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have, you know, our parents, you know, really didn't teach us how to do that. So um, the key is, is that we're all different. Um, we deal with issues on a daily basis, be it you know, marriage, um, parent-child conflict, friendships, our work colleagues. Um, it, it goes across the board because we're constantly dealing with the human race. That's what mm-hmm. we do. We interact. And so, um, you know, how do you restore a broken relationship? And so we, we have, here's a few steps on, you know, how we like to teach how to resolve conflicts. Um, and it has a lot to do with the Beatitudes. So oh. I'm going to, I'm just going to jump right in here. Yes. Um, in Matthew 5, 9, uh, 5, 9, it says, God clearly says, God bless those who are peacemakers for they will be called the children of God, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the proof, honestly, Carolyn, that you are a child of God is that you are a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So, um, let me, let me just say real quick that peace is not, uh, avoiding or appeasing. Right. Um, you know, when somebody thinks they're being a peacemaker and they say, well, I just grin and bear it, or I just sweep it under the rug, or, mm-hmm. um, I don't like to rock the boat. Right. Yeah. That's not peacemaking. That's cowardness. So you have to learn right off the bat that that people none of us like conflict. We don't like it. We we shrill from it and we want to, it just to go away. We'd like for it to go under the rug. But that's not how to deal with conflict. So, you know, Jesus never ran from a legitimate conflict. You know, he restored it. He confronted it. And so today we have a lot of conflict between, you know, gosh, religions, political parties, the borders, the countries, yes. men, women, and I could go on and mm-hmm. on. But we need peace in the world and we need peace in our own lives. So un- unresolved conflict, it just, it, it messes your life up. And there's been yes. people, Carolyn, that, that have had unresolved conflicts, whether it's a day whether it's months, there's some that have had them years and decades. They're out of fellowship with their mom. They're out of fellowship. I hear people all the time. I haven't talked to my dad in 10 years. It's heartbreaking, especially when it is possible to restore a relationship yes. with God's with God's help. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, you know, people just don't realize the damage that it's done, mm-hmm. you know, it or it can do to their lives, you know. So the Bible says there are three things with unresolved conflicts and and I'll start off with these for one it number one it blocks our fellowship with God mm. okay so in first John 420 it says if anyone loves God but hates his brother he's a liar mm-hmm. so it 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 takes away that fellowship with God and a lot of people you know which leads me to number two is it can block your prayers you know, it keeps prayers from being answered. God can't hear them because God is love. And if you're in, if you're in conflict, you're not in a, a loving uh, position. And I, and I wrote down here and I just want to read first Peter three, seven. Um, it says, husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Mm. 
So okay. it's really good because God lays that out for us. And sometimes we're like, man, I just feel like I'm hitting a ceiling. I just feel like it, right. my prayers are going up to the roof and then we're done, you know, but God's not hearing them. So you have to ask yourself, are you blocking the fellowship with God? Are you getting your prayers blocked? And then the other one is it blocks your happiness. So mm-hmm. James 3.18 says that the ones that sow in peace, they receive a harvest of righteousness. Mm. And so I know that you know, Carolyn, that the, um, we all know that the seeds we want to get in return are the seeds we plant. Yes. Nobody ever goes out and says, I'm going to plant a whole crop of hate. You know, I mean, nobody says that, right? So, you know, we all know the planning and reaping and the cycle that the Lord talks about because it's so powerful. If you want kindness, you sow kindness. If you want money, you sow money. If you want righteousness, you sow righteousness. So, you know, I, I, I laugh at people sometimes when I'm counseling them because we talk about this. But when you sow a harvest of corn, you don't just get one kernel back. Oh, right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> a little bit I more mean, than that. <laughs> right. So, so you get a whole, a whole crop of kindness mm-hmm. if you sow kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just get one kind act back. And so the harvesting and the reaping is so super important in somebody's life. Um, so I say all that to set up the seven steps okay. because these are the seven steps that we work through and tell people, to work through that come to us that have brokenness and, mm. and, you know, whether it's a divorce or whether it's a child or, you know, whatever such situation is the seven, I'll just tell you what they are right off the bat and then we'll okay. go back and discuss them. So the first one is that you want to be a peacemaker and you want to make the first move. Okay. Okay. So you make the first move is number one. And number two is you're going to ask God for wisdom. And number three, you're going to begin with what your fault is. That's going to be fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then number four is a huge one. And this one is called simply listen. Listen. That's a big one. And then number five is to show gratitude and gratefulness. Number six is to fix the problem, not the blame. And number seven is to focus on reconciliation, not resolution. You know, it's really insightful what you, when you first started kind of your leading up to these steps, all of this is in the context of to be restored to God also, and to make sure you're not blocking your prayers. Yes, because without being restored to God, you're not going to be able to be restored to someone else. So take us through those steps. Okay, so one is a big one, and this is one that um, has frustrated me, I can tell you, over the years, because there's been times in my life where I have waited on someone else to make the first mm-hmm. move. Yeah, me too. And, right? We've <laughs> all done it. Doesn't always work, does it? <laughs> doesn't. It doesn't work, period. So, um, you know, when this happens, you don't come to people and, you know, it's say it's all your fault, um, you know. It's all their fault when they come to me. Don't delay, even if you have something that, you know, has gone on for decades. Um, It matters not. It doesn't matter if you're the offender, if you're the offendee. God says in Matt 5, 22 to 24, if you have anything against your brother, go make it right. Mm -hmm. And, And this scripture is incredible because God says that this is more important even than worship. 
And, oh. and for me, I always thought worship mm. was just number one, but it says if you, you know, leave the altar, mm-hmm. if you have anything right. against your brother, that's how important it was to God. So apparently it's really important. Yes. So in relationships, one, you know, they, people say all the time, time um, heals all wounds. Well, that's a myth, yeah. and I'm here to debunk that out of the water okay. because time doesn't heal anything. That's not true. I mean, if you get shot, you're not going to lay around and go, well, I'm just going to wait on this to get healed. No, <laughs> it's, you're going to go get it fixed. You're going to go get sewn up. Like, how are we to think in our minds that time is our friend? It's not. It's our enemy because mm-hmm. that's where division comes in. Mm-hmm. And that's the number one thing from the enemy is to bring division between the body of Christ. Yes, it is. So, so I say to people all the time that bitterness and resentfulness, um, it does not heal over time. It only gets worse. And not only that, bitterness and resentfulness, um, I've been researching lately a ton about what it does to the physical body. Oh, um, yes. Well, that's a whole nother mm. podcast and, and talk talking okay. about what it can do to the human body is unbelievable. But the only way to resolve conflict guys is to face it. So mm. be the first one, face it. You know, you can't go around it. You can't go under it. You can't go behind it. You have to make the decision that you're going to resolve. So, it's intentional. Um, most, I, I, the word intentional yeah. comes to mind from what you're describing. Yes. And Carolyn, the thing is, is why, why is number one so hard for people to not make that first move? Because we, we don't want to admit we have any part in what's wrong, do we? <laughs> well, that's it. And it's the, the biggest thing is fear. Oh, yes. There it's you go. fear because, um, you know, when you hear someone, Carolyn, say, you know, these are the four words that women say, I'm sure to husbands that make them just shake in their boots. I've heard this in counseling sessions a ton and the four words are we need to talk. Oh, yeah. You know, so yes. that scares people. That's we're afraid of being exposed. We get defensive. Mm-hmm. So um, you get distant and you build walls. You you become demanding. And the thing that I've learned over the years and because this is a lot of who I have learned that I was over the years. And that is, is that we're afraid of rejection. You know, mm-hmm. the more insecure you are, the more you try to control things. So being misunderstood or you know someone will use it against you because we've been hurt in the past Mm -hmm. those are huge trigger points so that's what keeps us from number one not doing it first because we're just afraid so that you know where do you get the courage to deal with a dad that abused you where do you get the courage to confront your mother who wasn't always there where how do you you know, get the courage to confront an ex, you know, or a child. So, um, you know, there's only one place to do that, and that's mm-hmm. God's Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. The Bible says there is no fear in God's love. God, you, you ask God, fill me, you know, God, fill me with your love. Second um, Timothy 1, 7, I'll just tell you what it says. Yes. It says God did not give us the give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self discipline. I love that verse. So you need God's love, you know, and the more you understand God's love and you receive God's love, the more you're filled with it. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, that number one is you making that first step and, and not waiting because people wait decades, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I, I've had friendships in my own life that, you know, by the time you get together five years later, you're like, gosh, I wish we had to waste it all this time. Yeah, yeah. I misunderstood you. I didn't understand how you were really feeling. Right. So that takes us into um, step two. And when we don't actually know how to do this or, or what to say, then number two, James 1, 5 um, says, you know, ask God for wisdom. You know, if any of you lack wisdom, then he should ask God and he gives it to us generously. So um, God help me what to say. People don't know what to say. God help me what I'm supposed to say. God fill me with what I'm supposed to say, Holy Spirit. Um, I tell people all the time to make a plan. In other mm -hmm. words, um, plan a time for both of you to get together. A plan a time that's um, a private place. It's a safe place, not usually a public place. So you can, mm. you know, discuss things, right. not when you're hangry or you're tired and those kind of things. Just say, you know, God, I don't want to be out of whack with you. I, I want to do this on purpose and I, 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 I want to plan it out and I need the wisdom to be able to, to say what I need to say. Now we all know, Carolyn, if, if you're into yourself and you're self-seeking, it's super easy for me to become offended if all I'm thinking about is myself. Right. So I think before this, when you're asking God for wisdom, you need to also look inside yourself. You know, it's funny because the number one reason uh, people get divorced is, quote, incompatibility. Yes. Th that word only justifies your reasoning for divorce because... I mean, if everybody was compatible, we would all be the same and think the same. So you, you, we want to do what we want to do, and it's called inflexibility. Right. That keeps us at an impasse um, with people. So James 4.1, the scriptures clearly said, what causes fights and quarrels among you? That's a question Jesus asked, you know. Mm -hmm. It says they are caused by your desires that battle within you. Mm, so yes. that's why we argue. That's why we fight. If people wonder why we fight, it's the it's our inner battle. It's not always waiting on the other person to get their stuff right. right. It's our inside battle within us. So again, just to recap, number two, ask God for wisdom, and He says that He will give it to you amazingly. He doesn't say sparingly. Mm. He will He will heap it on you. And so, so stand on that promise. Yes, absolutely. So that takes us to number three. And number three is a kicker because we always want to tell people what they did wrong and how they hurt us <laughs> mm -hmm. and how it makes us feel. But number three deals with begin with what is your part in this. Right. Okay. So don't start with accusations, how they've hurt you. Even if 99.9% .9 is their fault. And it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> we hope it is anyway. <laughs> no, that's funny. But, um, you know, you can always find something to confess right. within right. your own self. You know, whether it's, I'm sorry, I waited this long. Mm -hmm. You know, start with the, the I'm sorry. If you start, um, you know, attacking people right off the bat, that's not going to work. So you need to look inside your own heart. Um, if you're filled with peace, you're going to project peace. If you're filled with love and Jesus, then you're not easily upset. Mm -hmm. It's when you have selfishness and pride that 
that's what tears apart relationship. So the more you're filled with the love of Jesus and the more you have peace in your own life, then that selfishness literally and the pride just falls away because pride can't stay in the same space as as peace. It just can't. You know, one is of God and one is of, of Satan. When you're talking about acknowledging something you've done, it wouldn't have to be like a physical act. It would could be like, forgive me that I have had resentment against you, or it could relate to our feelings as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Emotions and feelings are are the biggest part of this. Okay. Yeah. Know? Yes. It would be for me because I'm a very emotional person, but I just well, and, and we all are. I think men have been taught in our society not to be, but I mean, I have found that they are just as emotional. Mm, they just, okay. you know, they're they're more likely to put it under the rug. Uh. Or not rock the boat. Right. You know. So um, Proverbs 13.10 says that where there is strife, there's pride. But mm. wisdom is found in those who take advice. So you can you notice that anytime you're in a strifeful situation, you can walk into a room and you can assess whether this is a peaceful atmosphere or a strife-oriented um, uh a place to be. So, you know, pride always leads to arguments. Mm -hmm. Always. Pride, pride is, ah, I just hate pride so much. And it's probably because it's the thing I've had to deal with the most in my own life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, God has taken me through, through the mountain and over the hills mm -hmm. so many times that I keep saying, God, why is this situation does it keep arising? Mm -hmm. So sometimes guys, when you're in a situation and you keep having conflicts with people and it could be different people, but it could be the same conflict. God is just taking you over the mountain again because you didn't learn the lesson the first time. There's been times I've said to God, please let me learn this lesson. I'm so tired of this. That's an excellent point. It's yes. A, I mean, you're right, because there is a reason we go through experiences, and he's, God's trying to teach us. Absolutely. And and people wonder, why am I in relationships with this same type of people? Why am I drawing the mm -hmm. same type of people in, in my life? And you have to ask yourself, you know, all of those questions of, you know, what kinds of lessons do I need to... And, and trust me, pride is ugly, and it's one of those things that we all say, oh, they have pride. They, me, I'm not dealing with that, right? <laughs> so, yeah. And then that brings us to number four. And okay, Holly, now before yeah. we go on to number four, okay. our episode is really wrapping up to a close. So what I'd love to do is okay. say, let's enjoy the three that you've talked about now. Have another episode. Okay. Where you come back and we talk about the next four. Would that be all right? Yeah, yeah that's perfect. All right. Well, um, we will be back next week with Holly. So please come back to hear the remaining four of these seven steps for reconciliation. And so far, I've already learned so much. You are fantastic. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining me today. I hope the information provided has been helpful and encouraging and can equip you to have a better understanding of the connection between mental health and faith. 
I am always open to your comments, questions, and suggestions, so please send me an email at carolyn at ingodscorner.org, and I would love to hear from you. Thank you, and may God bless your journey.